tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Julie Cialone and Marla Valentine. They are both with Rock and Rescue. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi. Hi. Great to be here. So Julie, you wanted to share a little bit about what you do for Rock and Rescue and a little bit about your background. Sure. So I'm the co-founder and executive director, and uh, we founded the rescue in 2003 in Rochester, New York. And then the rescue itself changed just in a matter of speaking, changed its mission. And now in the current rescue in South Salem, New York, my focus is adoption of cats primarily as therapy animals. Historically, my background is I've worked as a professional photographer for 25 plus years. It was founded basically on the knowledge that I can go out there and volunteer my time and donate my time to charities, which primarily were animal charities who always, always called every day. And that's how I became known for my photography and started my whole career. And then that uh, blossomed into uh, working at shelters, seeing how rescues were run, and then learning how to create one myself that's going to be a little more focused on, on, what, I do, on what I do in general. Marla, what about you? So I have been a social worker in long-term care for over 25 years. My last employment was in a nursing home. I was the director of social services, and it was rewarding and fulfilling. But I met Julie in 2017 and started fostering for her. So that's when Julie and I met, our friendship blossomed, and I decided to take on more role in the rescue. And I learned from Julie. We started working together full time in 2019. And the rescue blossomed, we put an emphasis on our mission, which is that we save animals to save people. And we started working with the community in a therapeutic way. So we started bringing in kittens to local nursing homes and had kitten clubs. So we would work with occupational therapists doing fine motor skill work with what we would call fishing rods. We would place the kittens in play pens and have wheelchairs and, and regular chairs around the play pen. And everyone would have a little fishing pole and they would work on catching a kitten. And once they did, we would take that kitten, we would swaddle it up and hold and hand it to them. So during that time, um, Julie and I would also be walking around the room and sharing stories with the residents and doing some reminiscent therapy. So um, the therapeutic part of what we do really 
grew from there. We started with one nursing home and over a course of a year, we grew to seven. We also do a lot of community outreach. We work with local Girl Scouts and we work with Brownie Troops. In our community, we work with the John Jay High School, middle school. They have an animal care club. So it's it's a lot of education. It's a lot of working with individuals and trying to place animals into homes where there's a, a therapeutic need. And it's temperament matching. So that's really what we love to do. That's great. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions about your pet therapy program. So in addition to the work that you've done at the nursing homes and within the schools, and it sounds like you find adoptive homes that's with families that match the pet with the family in a unique way. Is there anything different in your process maybe versus a standard adoption process that that you use when you're doing this program? On my side of the rescue, so I'm the adoptive side while Marla is, is like the post-adoption or during adoption side. So we have we have a two-part process. The first part is is finding the animals through our partner rescues. We work with many from the South Kentucky, Bowling Green, Kentucky is one of our huge shelters that we work with. And we have a, um, a series of uh, groups of rescues in Southern Alabama that we work with. And we, we tell them they know what we want. We have a list that we give to them all. They have to have this checklist. Uh, with each animal, does it pass certain temperament testing? Good with dogs, good with cats, good with children. Can this cat handle in this situation or that? We give them very specific characteristics and they start telling us, okay, we have this cat and this cat and this cat. And they start describing all the things that we need to match with personalities. For finding a family, let's say, who has an autistic child, it might need a different kind of cat than a family who has someone suffering from depression and suicide. So the idea of a cat as a therapy animal uh, in general is is just different than the same testing you would do for a dog. But some other things obviously are similar. The Once we have that match and I interview the adoption family or individual, we, we start showing them different options. And then we slowly come together, um, bringing the matches together and finally find that match. Once the match is made, then Marla puts together the actual adoption. Uh, this year, because of COVID, it's been really tricky, but we have mastered the curbside adoption. It's become quite thing and people actually enjoying it. Someone's car is nice and quiet. It's a person, a nice personal space. It smells like the family. So it actually is a nice, quiet spot for someone to meet their pet for the first time. And I think out of all of our adoptions last year, we did over 2,200. They all, on the first choice, that was a cat that they fell in love with. There was a, it was a perfect match each time. But once once the adoption is done, Marla takes over and makes sure the, the adjustment process is good, that we are following up with any kind of um, medical concerns they might have or feeding concerns or just behavioral behavioral integrating into the home. And then we become a 24 seven hotline for them. So both of our personal numbers go out to them. We call them like, you know, use it, the rock and rescue hotline. Don't erase that group text message. Send us your happy pictures, but also send us, you know, if you have a conflict at your house, if you have if you're getting deciding to, um, you know, someone's having a baby, or you're going to be moving, or you just want to say, you know, like, ask about a new product that's coming out, we're always there as a hotline for the adopter. And that whole process gives us a huge, like a low rate of return of any animal, because we are there step by step. And if there is a problem along the way, we can fix it before that animal has, you know, is totally, you know, not a right match. Most people, especially 
newer adopters who have never had a cat before or people who are under stress for some kind of medical illness, sometimes they can be nervous having a new pet, you know, that new pet jitters, but we make them feel that is never their, their jitters to worry about. It, it is always on us to make sure that the adoption runs smoothly. And so far, that's, that's been the case. It's the support and resources that we provide, which makes us, I feel, extraordinary. The 24-7, we get calls and we get texts constantly. Yeah, nonstop. <laughs> my, my, my cat is, is on my counter and I don't know if it belongs on my counter or my cat is trying to climb the curtains or, you know, my house cat, which um, once loved me, is now hissing at me since I brought in the kitten. These are the type of questions that we answer and that this is what we feel. Sometimes, as you know, I know that sounds crazy, but little things like sometimes a cat will have an accident and they'll be like, you know, they'll, they'll super freak out and they won't think about the fact that it had the accident because the litter box was next to the dryer and they happened to be washing somebody's pair of sneakers and it was making a horrible noise and the cat got scared. So we go over like all the, we go over step by step where it had the accident, what happened, and then we fix the problem before six months later, the cat's having accidents all over the house because they don't understand that they made a mistake in the beginning. So it's stuff like that that is it's it seems small, but it could it could spiral out of control and get an animal, you know, back into a bad situation. So, you know, you adopted out quite a significant number of cats in the last year. Are all of those sort of within this pet therapy program or do you do, I guess what I would say, the more standard adoptions also? We do a lot of standard adoptions, so they're not all. We interview our our families and individuals who are requesting a therapeutic placement, and we then do you know, we do the, the custom matching, but you'll find on PetFinder, we'll put on a lot of animals as well. And um, the kittens, it's really hard for us to do a therapeutic placement with a kitten. Really don't know their temperaments and personalities because it's still evolving and changing. So those adoptions are really what support us right now and allow us to do what we love to do, which is the therapeutic placement. So we'll have like a minimum donation for the adoption of the kittens. And with that money, you know, it goes to help fund um, our all of our programs, which is the therapeutic programs, the placement programs. We're working on a wellness center. We work with psychologists and social workers in the community trying to, you know, place animals into their practice. The, the funds from the standard adoptions really help to move us toward that because of our standard adoptions. We are also able to do a lot of pulling of animals, which are special needs. So we do an enormous number of animals that are blind, animals that are deaf, animals that need amputations, animals that have, you know, have had cancer and lymphoma and what will not lymphoma, but different areas of specialized cancer where we will do what we've done removal of body parts to get rid of the of the cancer. We had a cat that had cancer um, on the on the ears. So we were able to remove the ears. We've had um, nucleations. Um, we've had several animals that needed to have their eyes removed. These we find are very, very special cats. So if they temperament test, and if they can go into a therapeutic home, so if they're good with kids, good with loud noises, if they're technically bomb proof, I don't care if they're two or if they're 12, we are going to rescue them. I don't care if half their face is removed, we are going to rescue them. And we are going to be able to place them right now. We have a wedgehead Siamese who was starved. He's 12 years old. He is under five pounds. And we just pulled him. We um, had a feeding tube put in. He has severe pancreatitis, but his prognosis is fair to good. And this is a 
therapy cat. This is an animal that has withstand so many traumas in its life and still can stand up on all four legs and give a head buck and walk over to a stranger and lie down on their lap. This is what we look for. So when we see that and there's a will to live, that's our cat. Give your feline friend protein-packed meals they'll crave with Smalls. Smalls is fresh, human-grade food for cats, delivered right to your doorstep so you too can embrace your inner house cat. All cats are obligate carnivores. They need fresh, protein-packed meals. Conventional cat food is made with profits in mind, using low-quality, cheap meat byproducts, grains, and starches coated in artificial flavors. Smalls, on the other paw, is made with cats in mind. Smalls develops complete and balanced recipes for all life stages with leading cat nutritionists. Starting with human-grade ingredients like you or I would find at the market, Smalls recipes are gently cooked to lock in protein, vitamins, minerals, and moisture. No room for fillers, no need for flavoring. Better quality ingredients mean a better, healthier life for your cat. Since switching to Smalls, cats have experienced improved digestion and a less smelly litter box, softer and shinier coats, plus better breath. Try Smalls today for your cats in your household. Hooch loved it. Use offer code COMMUNITYCATS at checkout for a total of 30% off your first order at smalls.com. Are you ready to be part of the solution for feral and stray cats in your neighborhood? If so, then make sure to sign up for our next Neighborhood Cats TNR Certification Workshop. A new workshop is held online each month, generally on the first Saturday of the month, but please check our website for exact dates. For just $10, expert instructors will teach you best practices for trap, neuter, and return. TNR. Learn what TNR is and why it works. We'll cover getting along with neighbors, preparations for trapping, trapping itself, including entire colonies at once, feeding, providing winter shelter, and more. Take advantage of the interactive format, extensive handouts, and video footage of actual projects. Attendees will receive a certificate of attendance and gain access to an ongoing Facebook group for networking with other TNR activists. The two-and-a-half-hour workshop is led by Susan Richmond, the Executive Director of Neighborhood Cats, and Brian Cordes, Neighborhood Cats National Programs Director. To find out the date of the next workshop and sign up, just visit communitycatspodcast.com. As we emerge from the global pandemic of COVID, fostering is emerging as the new normal in the animal welfare industry. But shelter management software doesn't provide the tools or the workflows for communicating with fosters at scale. So many organizations struggle to maintain hundreds of animals in foster homes. If only there was a system that was custom built specifically to solve this problem. Introducing Foster Space, powered by our friends at Dubert. Foster Space was custom built to allow you to manage hundreds of foster relationships and to communicate with them via text, email, and even Facebook Messenger. Your fosters have a portal where they can upload videos and photos and updates on their animals, and organizations can schedule fosters for meet and greets, adoption days, or anything else they need. There's so much more to check out. Sign up for free at www.dubert.com and go to the Foster Space tab to get started. Today, actually, we I went on one of our cats is in surgery for a broken leg because it fell out of a skyscraper. Also, a mammary tumor. This week, we have um, a blind cat coming in that we that uh, had a double inoculation. 
We have um, Wobbly. She's uh, she's missing one eye and had one of the eyes removed, but she's uh, she happens to be one of the sweetest cats I think I've ever seen. Multiple cats with CH. Yeah, we've had CH cats, but all but this, this week we had which had a rectal prolapse, which required purse strings, and we don't know what the history is going to be. Will it need more surgery down the line? We don't know, but I can tell you one thing: this kitten right now is in a therapeutic foster home and is bringing such love and 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 light into this home it's incredible and the uh, i mean my favorite one this year was a um we had a wonderful family adopt we had two white cats one is deaf and one is blind and they are bonded and they have brought so much love into this family every time i watch their videos i they send me constant videos it is like the sweetest happiest family and these cats are completely normal. Like you would never know there's problems, but one has no eyes and the other one can't hear, but the two of them help each other and no accidents in the house, no nothing. They are just wonderful. And to understand that these cats are can do so much and give so much love and yet would have been euthanized in a minute. Just because, were, these were death row animals. Yeah. And what we can talk about is the therapeutic homes, which I wish we could, but we can't. But we get letters yeah, um, we get just, a lot. you know, telling us how much this adoption has meant to them and how much our support has meant to them and what this animal means to them. It's what pushes us through the, the dark hours. It's the best thing when you know that some an animal, like have we get on a daily basis messages that this animal, if I, especially now with COVID, like this cat saved my life. We get that a lot. And it is uh, these touching letters about someone's personal pain that the animal they said they, you know, people saying that they've never thought they ever could have an animal as wonderful as this as this cat has been. They said a dog, cat, what, anything. This has been this animal has been the joy of my life. I can't imagine life without this animal. I can't imagine living without this animal. It's it's a pretty pretty crucial, especially again during COVID, where we're seeing massive amounts of mental health issues. We're seeing it all the way. The youngest, I think, adoption we had for depression and suicide was an eight-year-old who, who tried to commit suicide. You know, it's, it's a very hard when you hear those, those statistics. This year, the under 23 category has been unbelievable. And people, I think, don't realize that children more than anything this year were hurt versus adults. I mean, adults, yes, were dying of COVID, but these kids are watching their family members die and they're mental toll is, is these cats have come out and, and shined for them. We have amazing video of, of these kids who don't get out of bed ever being surprised with this cat and the change within 24 hours of their life from complete desperation to complete happiness and normality. Suicidal ideation and suicidal attempts, the numbers are skyrocketing since COVID started. Yeah. Do you have an adoption facility or do you have mainly foster homes? You know, how, how are you operating? We are, we are 100% foster based. Um, we have fosters both in our area. We have a giant community of fosters and um, volunteers in uh, Connecticut as well as in New York. Connecticut, we are, we're aligned with the National Charity League in Richfield, Connecticut. So we have these wonderful mother-daughter teams who foster and also volunteer in down in the South and, and both in the Alabama areas and in Kentucky. We have fosters outside of all the shelters and all the uh, facilities on the rescues. Um, those partner fosters, we call those the frontline fosters. They're seeing the animals coming out of the, directly out of the shelters. Up here, we do have frontline fosters as well, but right now some of them are rehabbing a couple of kittens we took out of Long Island that needed um, extra socializing. But uh, they're often what we call second line fosters. So they're taking the ones from down south who um, are in their way station mode um, before they're getting adopted, maybe for further personality testing or just because they're not adopted yet. 
but we don't really believe in having cages unless an animal is sick or needs super socialization. So these animals have their own private rooms in people's homes and they're getting daily attention. Kids, other, other pets, once they've cleared medical, you know, dog testing, uh, we want them to be part of a home because I believe sitting in a cage is just not going to be normal for this animal, I think, just that stress and medical medical problems. And this won't change. Um, we no. are working on right now no. um, finding our own place, having a home, and we're looking at calling it a wellness center. So the cats and the kittens will always be in foster homes, yeah. but this will be a place for us to meet with potential adopters and to also work with all of our programs. I mean, the vision for a, a cat shelter for us is not a shelter. It's a kind of a community wellness center where you're looking at, you know, the concept of a cat cafe, which I think is great, but taking it one step further, making it a place where there's actual therapy components, where there could be a psychologist or, or several on staff, where there's a stress therapy room where people can come in and, and, and have time just to de-stress, where we can have a community room where we can do art classes and music classes with cats. I love the idea. Um, I think you had awesome on your one of your podcasts of the, the kitty dating service. Mm-hmm. I think, why not? Why can't there, there be doing a speed dating with kitties? Who says that can't be fun? Or or dogs. I mean, it, it could be a center where both both animals are are utilized, maybe just in a different way. And why not be a social a social, fun, happy place, our reading with kitties program where our kids, our, our, our older kid volunteers teach kids how to read. And we, again, we use the play pens with kids in there with a book and kittens. And so little kids can learn, learn how to read. You know, I want, I want to, you know, and, and Marla wants, you know, we want someplace that it's a very friendly, happy place for animals to have therapy and for humans to, you know, even more so have, have alternative therapy. If uh, folks are interested in finding out more about your organization, how would they do that? Well, we have a wonderful uh, website, which would be www.r as in a rock and as in uh, Nancy, R as in rescue, pets, P-E-T-S dot org. We can also be reached on our Facebook page, just rock and rescue. We have lots of lots of lots of followers that love watching our Instagram feeds and our stories, uh, which again is rock and rescue on, at rock and rescue on Instagram. Those are the fastest ways to get through to us. No, what we didn't mention is that we actually have a youth advisory board. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> so our um, our volunteer coordinator and myself and Julie, we work very closely with the community youth and our advisory board works on our Instagram posts. Yep. So And TikTok now. And too. TikTok, yeah. And YouTube, they're getting, they're really like, like revving up for all this. They, they, they just did an interview with Allison, who is one of our Alabama rescuers who we work with so about the box kittens and it's they're helping tell stories you know it's a great way for them to be involved also and it's a great way for us to bring the community back into what we do that sounds very exciting and and the girl scouts is great too we actually did a blog post a few months ago on using the girl scouts and how to create your own badge and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and so it, it has a lot of interest to everybody and i know trap king sterling davis would yeah. like a, like a national like badge girl scout badge or boy scouts badge for trapping from we have um, a girl scout troop this saturday coming um we do our curbside adoptions of course so everyone is uh, covid safe but they're having their own little um uh, covid safe uh girl scouts selling a uh, girl scout cookies and um some t-shirts from our rescue so there were and masks and masks, of course, and the um, the lake community where we're based. It's kind of a big circular area where people walk. So 
um, they're excited to offer um, their partnership with us as well this weekend. So we, we welcome them into our, well, we always welcome them, but they're, uh, they're so excited to sell cookies and kitties at the same time. <laughs> but what's even more wonderful is that we have touched so many lives of these kids and um, you, you know, it's, it's wonderful to hear them as they're, you know, out and about, you know, talking about um, TNR and how important it is to stay in your dear pets and how important it is to um, keep your cats indoors. You know, we preach and they listen and it's, it's fabulous. It's, it's just great. You could be walking in Greenway and you'll hear the kids talking about the cats and about Rock and Rescue and what they're doing. And you just see everything unfold, um, how, you know, it goes from um, our small rescue, you know, into the community. And they're making cats cool, you know, yeah. which is really awesome. Like it's no longer like a cat being kind of like, oh, so aloof and everything. They What they see are these cats that are changing people's lives that are fun and friendly. They're not seeing any aloof. They're, they're, they're seeing cats as these cool creatures that are helping them and helping other people. So I, I, I mean, we need the younger generations here doing that. Excellent. Well, uh, Julie, Marla, thank you so much for joining me today and for being a guest on the show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. The Community Cats Podcast would like to shout out a few of our online event sponsors. Did you attend the United Spay Alliance Conference in March? The incredible content and educational opportunity were brought to you in part by Marion's Dream and Humane Network. If you or your organization would like to sponsor content that you care about and that saves feline lives, go to communitycatspodcast.com slash sponsor and learn more about how you can turn your passion for cats into action.